Hello and welcome to the Do It For The Mems podcast where we have no idea what we're doing. But apparently we do know what we're doing a bit because we got a lovely message on our Instagram page the other day and they were like, oh, we love your page, we love your podcast, we'd really like to work with you, so let us know if you're interested. Um, this company that um, that messaged us was called Smooth My Balls. Well, so, we, we don't think they messaged us. Someone. No, we think it was a scam. Yeah. But first podcast. Emily knows all about scams. <laughs> I get scammed a bit. That's the... Just a few times. Right, well, moving on. Today, we are going to be talking about assumptions that people have of theatre kids and musical theatre people specifically. Would, would you describe yourself as a theatre kid, Emily? <laughs> yeah, but not like a really... I wouldn't, because I'm 21. <laughs> well, right, sorry, the article is called so Assumptions About Theatre Kids. I'm also 21. Assumptions About Theatre People. Yeah, I hate when people go, I'm a theatre kid. So you're, you're 30. <laughs> okay. So I'm a theatre person. Yes, we are a bit obsessed with music theatre, even though Emily apparently doesn't know that many musicals. I know a lot of musicals. I'm <laughs> <laughs> really feeling very salty towards me today. Every day. Right, I'm ready. Okay, the first one is, because you guys can remember lines, you must have a really great memory. Absolutely not. <laughs> Emily, how many times have you been talking to me about something that has happened to us and I just have no idea what you're talking about? Will, how many times have I forgotten the way to your house? That it, That is true. Emily once came to my house and she walked past my house. <laughs> this was a lot of years ago now. I, I drive to Will's house now and I have got there every single time successfully because I have a sat-nav now. Um, to be fair, Google Maps doesn't really help because my house, until a few years ago, didn't really come up on Google Maps. I don't even live in the middle of nowhere. Um, but sometimes it would send people to an old people's home. Um, and that's not where I live. <laughs> <laughs> not long, not long. Um, <laughs> but... Um, I, it's really weird because I have a really great memory when it comes to lines and song lyrics. Apart from that, I don't remember anything. I don't remember. No, neither do I. I don't even think I'm that good at memorising lines, if I'm honest. Oh, I, I am, actually. Um, I've got worse, which is a bit upsetting. <laughs> but I, I used to be really, really quick at memorising lines. But, like... At school, I would never not do my homework to be naughty. Like, they would just be like, oh, has anyone, has everyone done their homework? And I'd be like, what homework? Because I've just completely forgot that that happened. And I also would forget to check the place where I'd write my homework down. I just didn't ever write down that I had homework. (laughs) 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 I didn't agree with homework. But that's a whole that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, the next one is all theatre people are always in or seeing theatre productions. No, that's expensive. 
Yeah. As a student, it's not so bad because you can get five pound tickets at least where we where well where I am. Um, but it can be quite expensive. I, and also, yeah. we're in the middle of a pandemic. Well, hopefully, we're near the end of a pandemic. Um, but yes, no. I'm I, the last the last Sorry. show I saw was well. It doesn't really count. Um. Because the last shows I saw were the third year final pieces. So I could go and see those because I was in that course and we were allowed to go and it was free. But the last show I went to see at a professional theatre was, I think, when we went to see Dear Evan Hansen. Wow. Which was... A while ago. Over a year ago. ago. It's about 18 months ago, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm quite lucky because I'm first year, but all the third years are doing their shows, and they're very good, like full plays. So I've been watching all of those. The last ones were this weekend. I couldn't go and watch them. Um, so, But the last show I watched in a professional theatre... Was it six? Was it when I went to go and watch six? That was definitely after Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, it was. I wish I'd gone to see six. It's fine. We'll go. We'll go after the pandemic. When I moved to London. Yeah. I'm very poor. Um. But no, I'd even before the pandemic, I didn't go that often because it's yeah, expensive. I much as I can but that when I say as much as I can that doesn't mean the physical ability that means as much as my bank account can yes also I am um, quite tight when it comes to money so I find it very difficult to pay for expensive theatre tickets I uh, am a bit of both I'm quite tight when it comes to buying myself theatre tickets, but then I like to buy other people theatre tickets. Yes, Emily's got me theatre tickets for my last two birthdays, and we've had a great time at Mamma Mia and Dear Evan Hansen. And this year we're going to see Cinderella. Fingers, I'm very spoiled. It's open in August, we're going to go watch Cinderella. Well, Andrew Lloyd Webber's determined, so... As long as it's safe, that's fine. Yeah, I'm very excited. Same. Right, the next one. Theatre kids are just theatre kids and nothing else. They have no other personality. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> no, it depends on the type of theatre person you're referring to. I'd say... I personally don't. I personally do. No, I do. I do. Um, <laughs> well, I'm joking. Um, I do, because I do a lot of crafts and things, and I'm at, in my soul, I'm about 95. So that's already another personality trait. The issue is, what else do I do? I do dance classes once a week. That can be within the theatre realm. And I also play instruments, which is sort of very... Could be in that realm also. We'll count them as separate, Emily. All right, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. And I like <laughs> the 
Well, I don't like other things. I just had a musical theatre-themed birthday party. I, Only with my flat to... to yeah, clarify. I was not invited. Um, <laughs> uh, miles distant. Pardon? Because you weren't invited because COVID and 200 miles difference between us. Difference. 200 miles? That's how, yeah, it's 196 miles. I still have no concept of how long a mile is. <laughs> Watch our general knowledge quiz episode if you want to see our, our knowledge on miles. I just, my head just can't wrap itself around how long a mile is. I love it. I've been told many times and given many examples of what a mile is. I just, no, I just don't believe it. One of it. the questions on our um, general knowledge one was, how many miles is it from here to New York? And I was told by one of my friends who listened to that thing that we picked the option that was the distance from here to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> just only a bit uh, further. Yeah, like, New York's just like across and the moon's up. Aim for, the, the aim for New York, land on the moon. Yeah, precisely, it happens a lot. <laughs> it's just the story of my life. Oh dear me. The next one is theatre kids that want to go into the arts professionally don't realise how difficult it is. No, I know. It took me three years to get to uni. It didn't take me three years. I went and did a non drama school degree. But I think, I think for the most part they do, but you definitely run into certain people who. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily that they don't think that it's difficult. They just think that they're all that. Yeah. I think everyone, I think by the time you get to post A-level or equivalent, I think you know it's quite difficult if you're really serious about it and you've done a lot of research. But there's people who have a lot more confidence in themselves that they're just going to get it and people that are very certain yeah. they're not. And, and then it, in between. Yeah, and I think they don't realise that it's not it's not all about how good you are. Like, there are so many things that factor into it, how good you are. Unfortunately, also, who you know factors into it. Um, now there's a, 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 a rising number of, of auditions that ask people how many followers they have on social media, yeah. um, which is not good for me because I don't post on social media. Yeah, I mean, I do post. But like my Instagram's private and stuff. Like I don't have that. I don't have enough followers that would be wanted for those sorts of auditions where they ask you. No, but it, it also comes down to um, sort of how professional you are, how um, punctual you are. Because um, I don't you think do. people realise that being late to to rehearsals, it actually has a massive impact yeah. on the mood of the day, the running order of the day, just and it just I messes think, a lot up. I think people do realise how difficult it is, but I think what you realise is the people that, once you've done like quite a few auditions, you realise that the people who think they're going to get it easily are the ones that tend to not really get a recall, because I think the panel can see that sort of like overly confident, almost arrogant. Yeah, but then on the other side of that, they can also see when people are 
too insecure yes 100% too lacking confidence such as myself I've been told in an audition (laughs) when I when I auditioned for the National Youth Theatre the second time um they they basically told me in the audition that I had a bit of a journey to go on still in terms of confidence and self-belief and I was like thank you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, nice. back, Goodbye. When did, back when we did national youth theatre auditions because we were we were quite young when we did national youth theatre auditions we were not young we were 17 the first time and 18 the oh, second time yeah. oh bloody yeah because it was so year 12 and 13 wasn't it seem, yeah it seems like a bloody millennial ago well, it's only okay, three so or we four years but when I first did national I, I didn't get it the first time and second time I auditioned back then, I was very, I hated group auditions. Because I still I do. Like, I didn't want to like talk to, <laughs> I didn't want to talk to all of the new people because I was like, that's very overwhelming. I just want to impress this one panel member who's going to get me on. But now I prefer group auditions and at auditions, I always end up chatting to everyone that's there and sort of turn into a bit of a clown. But I enjoy it. It eases me into the audition. No, I I like to go do my monologue or my song or whatever and then have a nice chat to the panel and leave because it takes me more than five minutes to warm up to people and to open up and be confident around people. So it me doing group auditions is not a good in, impression of who I am or who I'm going to be during the rehearsal process. No. Yeah, I agree with that. But I also think that no audition is a true reflection of how I can do. Like, because monologues, like the first and second, probably second time I did drama school auditions as well, I couldn't find a monologue that I was like, yes, this is me. This is the monologue that I want to do. I have an audition on Tuesday. And I, I've been struggling to find a monologue. In the end, I just went with a monologue that I did for drama school auditions, which it's I think a fantastic I, monologue. it is. And I can do much better at it now than I did at drama school because it was the one I used for, I think, my last three drama school auditions, which I still got rejected from, but I felt better about them than the first few. Yeah, I. I would love to do my monologue for my first set of drama school auditions now, because to be fair, that was a fantastic monologue. I just could do it better now. It was a fantastic monologue. But my monologues were my most recent drama school auditions. But they were like fine. I, I mean, I got in with one of them. So, but they still, like, this is why auditions, unless you're auditioning with the script for the performance you're auditioning for, they're never going to see how you can properly act. Like one of the drama schools I auditioned for offers feedback. So I rang up for the feedback and the feedback was, we'd like your contemporary monologue to be a bit more you, a bit more relevant to your life, which proves that they just don't get to know you in an audition because my contemporary monologue was someone who was working behind the bar at a working, cl- a working class pub shouting at a customer. I used to work in a pub in a very working class area and I shouted at customers a lot, so it was very relevant to me. 
but they just don't get to know you. No, they don't. Wow, this was a tangent from people don't realise how difficult it really is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Auditions are hard and we know it. Yeah, we've been rejected from many things. My favourite thing is when they, when you get the audition through, say it's for an open audition, because neither of us have agents, because Emily's been scammed twice. Um. <laughs> only, one of them was a, only one of them was a scam. The other one's just really rubbish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just too keen. I'm too keen. Um, but they they do things like um, say, pick a song that's in the style of the show. And for some shows, that's really hard because there aren't that many things that are in the style of the show. Or. Are, are irrelevant to the show so you yeah. just sort of second guess the whole time and um end up just picking something that that is if the musical's slow you pick something that's slow <laughs> and you're like i don't know what's going on yeah and but to be fair the last i've only done one open audition but for that they gave you a choice of songs which was very helpful I've had to pick all my songs and it's very difficult. Yeah, I, I hate choosing songs. It's my worst part because especially back when I auditioned with songs, I couldn't sing. I still don't consider myself a great singer, but I'm a lot better than I was. So finding a song for a non-singer who really wanted to be able to sing, it was really difficult. And I know I never picked the right choice. I think I picked songs that were good for me, but not necessarily good for the show, if that makes sense. Yeah. But those two songs are now part of my kind of repertoire. So they're ones I just pull out if I need them quickly. Yeah, I realised when I came to uni that I didn't have a repertoire. But I, I have a senior teacher who's helping me have a repertoire. My, do you want to hit the, my, the top two songs in my repertoire? Are the Way We Were from the way, the way We Were, which is a really good one. One, because it's in my range. And two, because it's not one that panels hear very often. Mm-hmm. Um, like in, uh, in an open audition that I did with it, um, after I finished they were like we really like that choice because we've not heard it yet and they'd heard hundreds of people by that point um and then my other one is being alive from company just because I really like that song my go-to's now would be heart of stone from six which I know will be a very popular one but I've had lessons on it um (laughs) by the sea from sweetie todd which again very popular but I've had lessons on it. And my favourite one, actually, is one that I'd never heard of before, and it is Times Like This from Lucky Stiff, and it's about a girl who works in a dog shelter. And I love it. I love it a lot. Very nice. They're I think go, it's they're Im- my go-tos. I think it's important when 
you're going for auditions to make sure that you have built up a repertoire of songs that you... Uh, I don't know if it's me or Will that's frozen. It was you. Oh, right. Did you hear me? Yeah, I did. Um okay. that's all right then. Did you hear me? No. Oh, right. Well, back to my point. I think it's really important uh, when you're starting to audition to, before you start auditioning, build up a repertoire of a few songs yes. that are things that you can ace but are different from each other. Yes, and even if it like you don't consider yourself a singer, if it's a musical theatre audition or a drama school audition where you just have to have a song, there are a lot of songs that are comedic or not comedic that you can act through. And a lot of songs that aren't even comedic or comedic that are more acty, speaky, singy songs. Yeah, because if you, if you can't sing, you won't be going for singing roles anyway. Exactly. Um, but yeah. Right, and then what's the next one? Because we've spent about 20 minutes talking about repertoire. Um, <laughs> all they do is sing and dance. It must be so easy. I think we've just covered the fact that it's not easy. Also, I can't really dance. So. I don't dance. I'm, I'm getting dancing lessons at the moment, and I, I thought they were just for fun, but I actually think I'm getting a bit better, you know. Oh, but I like, I'm, I'm willing to learn to dance. Um, it's just the whole social aspect of it, and also, um, but in high, in high school when we used to audition for our school show, I would say I'm not doing any dancing. <laughs> Yeah, which is kind of is kind of um I wouldn't recommend saying that because it does kind of narrow down the parts that you can do but I was quite lucky in that there weren't many other boys auditioning and there weren't many other boys who had singing training auditioning which meant that no matter what if there were like singing support roles that was what I was getting which I was more than happy to do I really enjoy doing those parts in school auditions I would sing and act and I wouldn't dance and then they would not give me a singing role either or the last one I'd say was a bit of a singing role but I was a male so it wasn't in my range no it it wasn't my role wasn't in my range either. <laughs> oh yeah, talking about range, I'm trying to get a uh, Phantom of the Opera into my repertoire. Oh my God, Emily! I want to be able to do it. I mean, I can hit the notes. It doesn't sound great yet, but I can hit them. So yeah, that'll never be in my range. <laughs> Ooh, here's uh, an interesting one. The lead is the most important part of a show. Right. So there's always this thing where it's like there's no small actor. There's no small parts, just small actors. Which one, I don't really understand what you mean by small actors. No, I don't get that. But two, whilst the ensemble is a vital part of the show and you couldn't do the show without them, the lead characters often have a harder role vocally. Um, I would say that in West West Side Story, 
I was playing Tony and the girl who was playing Maria had a much harder role than anyone else. Yeah. Because, well, one, it wasn't in my range. And two, we were in most of the songs and then had to run about talking. What about mains like Fontaine and who's a main? Not in a lot of it. I think shows like that are different because in Les Mis, when a lead character's not being their character, they're being ensemble. Okay. So that is, I don't know. I'd say leads are slightly more important, but not much more important because you still couldn't do the show without ensemble. I just think that there's a lot more pressure put on the lead roles, especially in professional productions, because they're sort of the face of the show. I agree. I definitely agree with the fact that they have more pressure on them and that they are the face of the show. I don't know if they're more important because you physically couldn't do the show without the ensemble. That doesn't mean the ensemble's job is harder. I think the main no. role is harder. But I you couldn't really are... do the show without any. But I. But yeah. the the thing is, in in a lot of shows, if say one um, ensemble part isn't there because they work in tracks now, um, so one person plays the same um, set of ensemble characters and when someone else takes over their part, they'll play the same track. Um, if they're not in or and there's no swings to cover them or understudies to cover them, the, the show can be reworked in enough time for the show still to go on. Whereas if the lead's not there and there's no one to cover it, I do you agree with that. Can't do the show, which is why I think they're slightly more important, but they're not like mm, leagues ahead because everyone is of, in the show together. So rather than talking about ensemble, what about like supporting roles? Because if supporting roles called in last minute, you would have just as hard a time covering them than the lead roles. I do sort of count supporting roles in anyone who has. A recognizable role. I sort of just count as lead roles. Okay. Just well, I don't count them as lead roles, but when I'm talking about lead roles, I do sort of just include them as well. I don't think I'm decided. I okay. agree it is a lot harder to to cover a lead role and lead roles often have a harder part. But if you're counting the lead roles and the ensemble as a whole, I would yeah. say they're equal. Because the show can't I happen. don't I don't think the lead actors are more important than ensemble actors. We're just talking about the roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting one. It is. An one. And I think there's a lot of debate around it. Okay. Well the next one. I like this one. Just because I know we could have a bit of a chat about it. Oh, Actors don't get nervous in front of a crowd. Um, I think it really depends. I went through a long stage of not having stage fright, which I think is what they're referring to. Yeah. I didn't really get nervous at all when I was going on stage. Um, I would just go and do it. But I did a show recently for my end of year module mm -hmm. 
And I, at the beginning of the show, I'm sitting in a tent on stage. And I was just sat in that tent panicking because I thought it was going to go wrong. Um, but I think in crowds outside of the theatre, I think, yes, I do. I do if there's one person. <laughs> yeah. Crowds are scary. For me in a show, it's a bit weird. I don't know if I, I have got nervous before, but mostly it's just adrenaline, which sometimes feels like nerves, but it's not like panic nerves. It's like, okay, we need to do this nerves. Um, singing is something I'm working on in being able to do in front of a crowd easily. At the moment, I can't. Like even just doing karaoke in front of my flat, I'm like, <laughs> so that, and crowds outside of a theatre, that is a, another point. I would say, yes, I do. But in some situations, I don't. If no, I feel like I'm supposed to be there and I have a place there, I don't get nervous. But if I feel like I've just been put there or I'm like an imposter, then I get a bit quiet and shy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think most actors are like that because I think what you have to remember is at, when you're acting on stage you are being a character so when you're just in front of people as you sometimes it can be quite difficult to know what to do because you've got no lines you've got no cues yeah. you're just sort of there hoping for the best and I don't know if there's any actor can come to you and say they've never got nervous especially live actors because i guess in yeah. in film a lot of the time i'm i mean i've never done it so I, I might be wrong but in film a lot of the time especially later on in the process you've got to know all the crew so it's not like a whole state um, a whole auditorium full of strangers every night yeah and also when you're doing live theater it can go wrong any night yeah and your mistakes can't be edited out. No. Though they do make an interesting experience for the audience. Yeah. Like, I've had moments where, like, set has fallen on my head. That was great. I've had moments where sound cues haven't happened. And you... Oh, my Lord. Yeah, same. And you just can't. In those situations, sometimes, you want to... You know you have to improvise, but sometimes your character can't be the one to do it. Like, I did a show, I don't know if I talked about it before, I did a show in second year, and our show started with the sound of a door locking. And the sound effect didn't come on, and me and my friend were just staring at each other, knowing that neither of us could say anything, because our characters didn't believe that the door had locked. So we couldn't, we, yeah, <laughs> we couldn't be like, is that the door locking? Because we were yeah. like, no, don't be daft. <laughs> like, but in fairness, I was in that, I was in the audience, I watched that show that Will was in, and was you couldn't dreadful. tell that a sound cue was dropped. No. There was a long silence, I will be honest. But it was a dreadful show. I'll never do it again. Um, <laughs> that has a lot to do with the rehearsal process. I think if the rehearsal process for a show is bad, then the show's going to be bad. Yeah, 
I've done shows where the rehearsal process has felt long and painful and I've done shows where I'm like, no, we can't be the shows yet. I want to carry on. Yeah. Um, right. Next one. We are all divas. I was going to say absolutely not. And then I had to check myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'd say no more to the extent of anyone else. A hundred, yeah, a million percent. Like if you, because as well, if you go to a place where any normal person knows what they're doing, like in their job, they will act like anyone does when they're in a rehearsal room. Yeah. Like they just know what they're doing. That doesn't make them a diva. There are divas. There are, and they're awful. That doesn't mean that's the majority. And I think... (laughs) I said, and they're awful. Um, I think for the most part if anyone is it's it's usually in a jokey way yeah Um, usually because for the most part when you're in a rehearsal process with a bunch of people it 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 can be very draining and it can be exhausting because you are doing a lot and you're trying to figure things out and a lot of people start making jokes and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes those jokes um, devolve from stereotypes about theatre people. Mm-hmm. And then and you like, do get some people that are those stereotypes. The worst is when you think someone's joking and then you realise they're not. Yeah. You're like, oh. <laughs> It's oh, it's not good. But I'd say for the most part, no more than anyone else. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I don't think I am. I think I. I, don't I think I am. I think I could be. Where when I, I think when I'm around friends, um, I am, but in a jokey manner. Yeah. Okay. Nothing wrong with a good joke no and i am hilarious <laughs> that's the capricorn in you as we learned from our from our uh, star sign video <laughs> yep that's me um the next assumption is people assume that we sleep what does that mean i don't know i think it i don't know i personally don't sleep I personally do. <laughs> I have two, two, two states of being: not sleeping at all or sleeping too much. I, I, I don't sleep at regular hours because I work. Like I'll do writing till late at night, so usually I'll I'll go to sleep sort of two till ten, uh, and I'll usually wake up a couple of times, but I do sleep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, when I say I don't sleep at all, I just mean I don't get a lot of sleep. But I do sleep. Yeah. I, I'm alive. Um, and I think especially when you're doing rehearsal things, um, when, you, when, you, when you're in rehearsal nine till six, especially when I was in second year and we were in rehearsal nine till six, and it took me like three hours to get to uni and about two and a half hours to get back I definitely slept I went in I got in my house and I went to bed 
because I was exhausted. Yeah. And I remember um, on my birthday, because my birthday was halfway through that rehearsal process, my mum and dad took me to an escape room and I could not do any of the clues because I just didn't know where I was. I was so tired. <laughs> Yeah, I remember when I was in sixth form and doing shows apart from that and I would have rehearsals like four times a week from half seven till late and I was just dead, like all the time. And then you'd have show week during sixth form, which was eight nights in a row of being at the theatre from half six at night till probably about half eleven. Yeah, I, I don't think that is a wrong assumption. I think we do sleep. We have to or we'd be dead. Right. Next one is uh, theatre people spontaneously break into song at any moment. I do. I do as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be I'll be having a conversation with someone, or I like and um, interject into a conversation, not rudely, just adding my little bit, and I'll sing it. I just sing all the time. And now that we wear masks outside, it has become a bit of a problem. I do sometimes just walk down the street just singing because no one knows it's me. <laughs> my, my, um, when I'm at my dad's house, we live on quite a quiet street. This was before the pandemic. And I got out of my car, locked my door, and I was literally singing to my house because there's no one ever there. My neighbour was in their front garden and she was like, oh, it's nice to hear someone sing. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, do you know, sometimes I have to stop myself and remind myself I'm not in a film. Like, <laughs> if I'm waiting for a train, sometimes I just want to start singing to everyone, like we're in a film. And then I have yeah. to remember that they're not going to start singing along. Also, though, I start breaking out in something like when I hurt myself, I do it a lot. Like if I bang my hand or like stub my toe, I'll be like, oh, my God. And yeah, I do that as well. I think that's a correct assumption. Yeah, it is for us. Yeah. Yeah, I do sing a lot. To an annoying degree sometimes. All the time. Yeah, literally. Literally all the time. Um, the next one is all actors need a backup plan or career. I'm going to say yes. You should. It goes back to our assumption before that well, it wasn't assumption, it's fact that it's very difficult. Yeah. And I think. I think there's some people are under the impression that if you have a backup plan, then you don't want it enough. And that's not the case at all. No. The, the thing is, you have to be, while you want to be optimistic, there also has to be a sense of realism. And you have to um, have skills and qualifications to fall back on just in case. And also, in the meantime, because... Yeah. It, you, you're not going to leave a degree or leave school and instantly become the next Meryl Streep. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. So you need something that you enjoy to still have a comfortable life, but 
allows you still to pursue things. Because also, auditions, whilst they are free to attend, you do still have to get there, and it does cost money to get there. And if you're from the north, like us, and have to travel to London every single time... It gets expensive. Yeah. Um, Which is why I'm a walking advert for the Megabus. Emily loves the Megabus. I'm too tall for the the Megabus. It's It's not comfortable. Um, But yeah, I think it's important to have a backup plan. And the backup plan doesn't even like my backup plan. What was my backup? My backup plan was history. Yeah. And I decided when I was doing a degree to go and see theatre. So that was my backup plan sort of over at that point. Um, mm-hmm. See, backup plan doesn't even have to last forever. But now I'm going into acting anyway, so my backup plan is now acting. Though um, <laughs> <laughs> so, it's not really a backup plan, it's just something I want to do as well. So I think you do have to think about a backup plan and you do have to have something in place, even if it's just like... I don't want to say even if it's just like working in a shop because there's nothing wrong with working in a shop but even if it's just like something you don't need qualifications for you need to have something mm-hmm. that you want My to do My backup plan doesn't need any qualifications What is your backup plan Emily? Now here we go So I My first plan is obviously acting and anything to do with acting so a lot of people think that your backup plan has to be completely separate it doesn't have to be like I have friends who I live with whose plan is acting but their backup plan is like running a youth theatre that's still a very that's very plausible drama teacher is a popular backup plan for hmm. that's not my, my course my backup plan is acting anything in the performance world but it's not being a teacher and then owning running or working in a pub I can't stress how much I love it. I love working in a pub. And like, Same. if I run a pub or an assistant manager in a pub, that's going to make me very comfortable. And I would be a happy person with a happy life if I worked in a pub. So like, you don't need to be like, oh, I need two degrees. You don't need two degrees. You don't need an acting degree. Hey, Emily. <laughs> no, you're not getting two degrees. Emily, I'm literally off to get another degree in October. Just because you want two degrees and two degrees are helpful and good doesn't mean you need two degrees. No, you don't you need two degrees. You do what you want to do. So and also, I, I think in this line of work, it's important to do things that get connections. And degrees are quite often a good thing for that because one, you connected to the other people in your course. So if you work with them and then they get opportunities, you know, you've got a way in there but also your tutors my tutors are all, have all been professional theatre practitioners so yeah know. I was literally gonna say if I ever did want to be an, a, a teacher for drama I would want to do it at a uni or drama school which needs more qualifications than just a BA degree and I, all, uh, I think uh, all my teachers have BAs, masters and PhDs yeah, so do mine. Um, I wouldn't want to be a uni lecturer. I think I would. There's too much theory. 
I think I would want to be maybe, but that's not my plan. At the end of the day, I don't want to be a teacher. But if I ever did, I know I would rather work with people who are deadly serious about it than people in high school or something. Yeah, um, but I think it's important to have a backup plan and, or at yeah. least, acknowledge that there will be at some point where you will not be doing what you want to be doing. Yeah, like, but I wouldn't like this assumption is you need a back backup plan not necessarily i would highly recommend anyone to have one and i have one but your backup plan doesn't like if you think oh all i can do is something to do with performance there are backup plans within that as well yeah like like it doesn't have to be that oh i'm either going to be an actress or work in an office yeah you don't have to be an oscar winner to be an actor yeah precisely like, that's I not the only it. level to be famous no but I mean, yeah. if I ever was offered a, a, a role in like a Hollywood film, I wouldn't say no. Oh no, I'd absolutely say yes. Yes, please, give it to me <laughs> now. I'm ready. <laughs> if I was offered an Oscar, I'd absolutely take it. <laughs> it Does, do you want an Oscar? I wouldn't that? even I wouldn't even I wouldn't even tell them that they're confused. I'd just no, be like, I'd thank be like, you. Yes, you are correct. I've not been in anything, but thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, my third year show was great, wasn't it? I'll take my Oscar. Well, that's another thing. You shows at uni when you you do shows. For example, my the show that I've just done. We had so many tutors afterwards come up to us and say we should take it to the fringe or or we should take it to different theatres. One one of the tutors on the tech theatre course. Um, actually gave us a theatre that he knows someone at to take it to. I don't know if we are, um, because we're all off doing other things and we don't really have the time. But, you know, if we weren't, that would be an option for us. So, yeah. don't No opportunity is too small, because yeah, exactly. you never know what's going to come of it. And, like, most, most theatre acting-based degrees will have you work on scripts, and devising yeah. so like if you don't get a role that you want and you feel like oh you're not going anywhere with auditions they do teach you how to make your own theatre and pretty much anyone can take something to the fringe yeah you can and also anyone can apply for funding from the arts council yes um, and i get lessons on how to do that next year i didn't um but i did speak to someone about it a couple of years yeah. ago we should do we could do a whole episode on on theater degrees um so we'll probably do that in the near future um because i think there's a lot of things people don't know but yes. yeah I agree. right what's your next assumption emily so the next ones are assumptions about rehearsal rooms and processes so oh and life when you're in rehearsals so the first one is you will be finding um, hairpins, makeup, props, costume bits around your home and rehearsal area for the show that you're doing for the next year. No. Yes. Some of us are more organised than others. Some of us have <laughs> tiny, tiny, tiny hair grips that just fall out your hair and end up on the floor. Hair grips, sure, but props and costumes, I'm like... <laughs> Sometimes I keep costumes to reuse them. 
I do, and I can I can actually see them now, but I don't find them lying around. They're all in a bag. That's just boring. Well, I just, just I I always keep props and costumes because you never know when you're going to need them again. One, if you do the same show again, or two, uh-huh. if you just need them for a different show. Um, I have all sorts of bizarre costumes and props. I have um, a, a crocheted bean. I have a puppet of myself. Um, <laughs> you know, you just sort of... I mean, if, if I ever manage to afford a house, I want to have a room that is props yeah. and costume storage. I agree. Um, the next one is, I think we only really have uh, experience of it in auditions where recalls are held the same day or in school. So the moment before the cast decisions are posted, it's the longest, most painful Hunger Games-like moment that life can offer. No. I think it depends who you are. I think I would agree with that. Um, Hunger Games-like moment. I'm guessing that's from the reaping, not the actual Hunger Games. No one's killing themselves trying to get to the list. I would assume so. Um. There is anticipation, and I'd say with with drama school auditions, yes, if if the recall is on the same day. For example, when I auditioned at, at UAL and Central School of Speech and Drama, um, yeah. their recalls were on the same day, or at least they were when I did them. And for UAL, they put up a list. And for Central School of Speech and Drama, they 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 stand there with everyone in the room. Like sometimes they can be how many people are at your central audition? Hundreds. Oh over a hundred. Over a hundred people. I had quite a small one. I think there were about fifty at mine. Um, but they stand at the front of the room and they basically read off the list everyone who's got through to the recalls and everyone else has to go home and that moment's very Hunger Games like because if your name doesn't get called you're like oh I just have to now awkwardly get up and leave the UAL one was slightly less awkward only because from my group no one got a recall um (laughs) yeah so we all kind of were like okay well done, everyone. Well done. I, we, uh, <laughs> we were the opposite way around as well. So UAL put a list on the door and Central do the, the reading out. I didn't get a recall for Central and had to do the awkward, like, um, get your bag, walk away. But I did get a recall for UAL because I think two of us in our group got a recall for UAL. And on the list on the door, we just sort of looked at each other and was like, well done, well done. And I felt more awkward being the person with a recall, being like, okay, bye, everyone. Yeah, when I was at Central and got a recall, I think two people from my group got a recall as well. Because though there were 50 people, they were divided into groups of like seven, maybe? Yeah, in UAL, there was 12 of us in our group. UAL was very different because when I said there was 12 of us, as in there was only 12 people there on that day, whereas Central, my group had seven people in, but there was 100 people there on that day. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it is like you know, don't get me wrong, you're very like, oh, that's good and relieved. Yeah, but yeah. also everyone's like, well done, and you're like, thank you. I know you really wanted this, but goodbye. With Central and UAL, I got to watch everyone else's monologues as well. So like, I would sit there being like, yeah, you should you should get a recall. You should get a recall. Uh, and then the people you're like, oh, yeah, you should definitely get a recall. Don't. I was like, oh, I agree with you. Yeah. And I think the thing about Central as well was because you did the audition, the initial audition in the morning with your group. So you spent the time waiting to go in talking to your group then you had lunch time while they were making their decisions where you went and ate with your group and you became quite good friends with these people over the yeah. day and then you just had to be like goodbye yeah i'll never see you again but it was very nice to see you <laughs> and then did you ever do the thing where you would like get someone's instagram or something or facebook as someone you were at an audition with being like yeah i really vibe with this person we'll keep in touch and then never talk to them again no, I didn't do that. <laughs> uh, there, was, there, was one, there was one girl who I really, 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 really got on with. Um, and we were at like three auditions together. Um, and I did actually keep in contact with her over text for like five months. And then we just stopped talking to each other. And then I saw her again a year and a half later at my open audition. Oh, very nice. Right. We have time for one last assumption, I think. Okay, one moment. And we'll probably end up doing a part two to this. Everyone knows when someone's got a new headshot done because it's on every single social media for the next two months. Yeah. You know what? When I get good headshots, because I've had a couple of headshots. I've had one. I still use the one from when I was 16, which is not good. Um, The picture's good. Yeah, the picture's it's really a great. Great picture. No, I mean it's not good that I still use it because it, it was five years ago. Oh. Um, but I just like how I look in it. And <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just not what's supposed to happen. You're not supposed to do that. But I also don't want to fork out hundred pounds to get a picture of myself down where I won't like it. So I have had two professional in air quotation marks uh headshot sessions done. Both of them were awful. The first one put some really weird makeup on me that made me look drier than the Sahara Desert. And the second one, the lighting they used made my hair look half brown and then the bottom half like yellowy, really rubbish bleached hair, which I have had that before by accident, but not at that time. My hair was my natural hair. And I was like, what the hell has gone on there then? (laughs) Um, So when I get good headshots, I will be that person that has them as my profile picture for a while and have no shame about it. Mine's not my profile. I don't actually use that one anymore. I I don't lie. My when I did TV acting in year two, my TV acting tutor saw my headshot and went, "It's very good, but there's no light in your eyes because eyes are very important in headshots." So she yeah. got, took the whole class out and she took us all our pictures. Uh, so that's the one I use. Um, it's still not great. Like it's not a great picture. It's a great quality picture. I just look naff in it. Um, so, I uh, my I haven't needed a headshot in a while. But um, I, when I was doing my drama school auditions before that, I used one that you took as well. Um, 
but I'm I'm fine because my face and hair doesn't really change much. However, it now has. So in that picture, I have shorter length hair. I now have a lot longer hair than that. So, so I need I. new ones for when I do auditions again. I'm quite lucky because I have curly hair. So even if it grows quite a bit, I don't necessarily have to take a new picture because it still looks the same length. Yeah. <laughs> so even though I had that headshot taken just before the pandemic started over a year ago, mm-hmm. and I've had my hair cut once since then and I had it trimmed, my hair still looks the same length as it did, even though it's a lot longer. Yeah. Curly hair for the win. Um, but yeah, that's a good tip for headshots. If you uh, can't afford them, get a friend to take one. We had the best day. We had the best day. And also, nowadays, cameras on phones are very good. Yeah. Um, so... Like, fantastic. Like, you wouldn't be able to tell. Like, if you have a plain background with good lighting, and like a good angle you can't tell that they're not professional mm. you can because you of can their but they're 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 good enough yeah that as long as it's they're true. clear like they're not looking for model shots they just want to see you yeah they want to see your eyes they want to see your hair they want to see your face um and I'd, I'd suggest having them in colour. That's what I was told to have. Because then they can see your hair colour properly. And they can mm-hmm. see your face properly. Some auditions will request one in colour and one in black and white, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's all we have time for today. We'll probably do a part two. Because we like yes, to chat. Yes, I enjoyed this one. Um... Yes. Righty. Thank you very much for listening. And we will see you next week with a list of musicals and how we would cast ourselves in them and how we would cast the other person in them. Should be very fascinating. It should be entertaining. I'm intrigued to see how you see me, Emily. I'm intrigued to see how many times I can hear the word ensemble in an hour period. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you won't be hearing it from me. Oh, you might. Um, Thank you very much. Right, we will see you. We will speak to you next week. Yes, we will. Goodbye.